What's up guys and welcome to our next installment of our mini-series. Today we are focusing on the New Orleans Saints. We have a lot of fantasy relevant players to talk about in this episode. Last season they finished 13-3, first in the NFC South. They were one of three teams in the NFC to finish 13-3, but because of tiebreakers they had to play a wild card game. Uh, they hosted Minnesota, and Minnesota is their kryptonite in the playoffs. They lost to Minnesota in overtime 26-20 to in the wild card. Uh, my projections for the quarterbacks on this team, Drew Brees is, I mean, he's a starter, obviously. 4,400 yards, 30 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, uh, 15 rushing yards, and 2 touchdowns. I got him down for 2 rushing touchdowns. I think he, I think he sneaks a couple in on some uh, Peyton Manning bootlegs there down in the 1-yard line. Um, like I said, they got a lot of uh, offensive firepower on this team. Drew Brees, it, it's headed by Drew Brees. They got a... Uh, Swiss Army Knife and Taysom Hill who get some snaps in shotgun and under center and, and can throw the ball a little bit. And then they brought in Jameis Winston who was uh, threw for 30 touchdowns last year with Tampa Bay and also 30 interceptions. So obviously if Drew Brees goes down for whatever reason, he did miss some time last year too where Teddy Bridgewater had to come in for five games. But if Brees goes down... Between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, you got some you got some guys that could play quarterback back there. I, I think Jameis would get the more of the actual starting back there, um, but projected out for 16 games. Drew Brees, I think, is going to have a really solid season. This could be his last year in the NFL, uh, but they do have some they do have some talent back there. If if he if he goes down and he could get Jameis Winston could get his playmakers the ball if that were to happen. So, uh, what's your thoughts on the quarterback room for the Saints? I mean, you can't really argue with Drew Brees' production from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, he's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks of the past 10 years, and he still was last season, and he was undervalued in drafts last year, and he'll most likely continue to be undervalued this season. I mean, this is a guy that's almost on the clock a top 10 quarterback every single year, and he does it just by being super efficient. I mean, they were 15th in pass attempts last season, so over the course of his career, they've tried to become more balanced, I'd say over the past three seasons now, so even with that balance, he was still fifth in points per game last season, and he did miss a few games, but and when Teddy stepped in there, but this is the reality is the difference between him and these top-tier guys, when you think about Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, the difference between those guys and Drew Brees is just their running ability. And I say in drafts, you get to this point where you're past those top six and you start getting into the old white men who just stand in the pocket and pass the ball a lot. And that's what Drew Brees is at this point in his career. He's going to have high volume because that's the the Saints offense, but not as much as he's had in the past. But he's still, you know, I'd lock him in as a top 10 QB still. He's going ninth off the board right now in terms of uh, ADP. I've seen him in mocks that I've done go later than that just because people want to get the young guns. Like I'd personally take Drew Brees over Josh Allen, and I know a lot of people don't have that take, but I'm just more confident in a more – and then they're not pass happy anymore, but more pass happy than the Bills offense. I, I trust Drew Brees's uh, consistency more, but the reality is Josh Allen's rushing upside is undeniable. So, you know, that's at the end of the day, you're looking at those uh, older guys like Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. They're all going to be, uh, they're going to be fantasy relevant and produce quite a bit, but it's just a matter if you want that rushing upside. All right. Going into the running backs, you got Alvin Kamara, who's a, uh 
consensus top five pick overall in the draft. Uh, his backup Latavius Murray, who does he has some standalone value too, uh, but he could come in if Kamara goes out with injury or just needs a just needs a little bit of a break. Murray could come in. They brought in Ty Montgomery this off season too. Um, he's I mean we've obviously seen him. He started out his career as a wide receiver, moved to running back, never changed his number. That kind of annoys me. He's still number eighty eight, but playing running back. Um, so I mean they got they got some good running backs back there. Obviously it's all headed by Alvin Kamara. Eighty one receptions in each of the last three years. Um, his touchdowns. He's he's had double digit touchdowns in two of those years. They kind of dipped last year, but he's still a top five pick. Um, what are your thoughts on the running back room here? Yeah, I mean first I guess you can kind of mention him with the running back room, but I didn't talk about Taysom Hill with the. QBs, but he's going to have a fair amount of rushing volume as well. I do think that he's the future QB of this team. I know I'm in the minority when I say that, but Sean Payton throughout the course of his career has been known for creating creative offensive schemes. So I think that they're going to do the same thing for Taysom Hill. I think Jameis Winston is just here to learn from Drew Brees and he'll move on, but we'll see. That'll be interesting to watch moving forward. But going to the guys that are actually listed as running backs, Uh, Alvin Kamara, he uh, was fourth in points per game in 2018, slid down to eighth in points per game in 2019. We've kind of seen his volume slowly dip in terms of his carries. He gets 81 receptions every single year on a dime. So mark it down right now. Alvin will have 81 receptions this year. But overall, I see him just slowly, his snap share slowly declining, not rapidly, but to me, when you look at it, fourth in points per game, eighth in points per game, they're kind of, they uh, coincide with lower volume. I expect it to dip even a little more this year. I I have him 11th on my board, and, uh, and I know that's crazy. And that's the 11th running back, not even 11th overall. And I know I'm definitely in the minority with that, but I just think this is a more balanced offense. I already said it before. They were 15th in pass attempts last year which means they've slowly been creeping up in terms of running the ball more. So if you're just going to ground and pound the ball a little more, that's where Lat Murray comes in. And I do think he's very underrated at this point. He had a 40% snap share last year, Lat Murray that is. And I'd continue, I expect it to be right around that number, if not a little higher. And uh, he's their goal line back. So he's currently going as the 44th running back off the board. So I actually like Lat Murray's value quite a bit if he's your fourth or fifth running back. I do think that there are some injury concerns with Alvin as well. So if he's to go down, Murray's going to step into that bell cow role. And uh, I, I just, I like his value as the 44th guy off the board, but I think that's uh, no one else really to speak of besides those two on their depth chart. I don't think Ty Montgomery is going to be overly fantasy relevant, though naturally, and I mentioned it before, Peyton and Randy Carmichael like to be pretty creative with their offensive scheme, but Ty Montgomery is most likely a guy that will maybe return a few punts and kicks. He's not listed as their starter, but he'll return a few punts and kicks. He'll run some jet sweeps. They'll give him the ball. He'll line up in the slot. He'll move around, but I don't think he'll be uh, overly fantasy relevant. He's not listed as their starter, but do you know who they do have back there as kick returner? Not the not the top kick returner, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, yep. <laughs> um, give me the thoughts on the offensive line here. On paper, it looks like a really good offensive line. Ryan Ramchek, former first overall pick, or for, former first round pick. Cesar Ruiz was their first round pick this year. Right guard slots into the um, 
starting right guard spot. Andrews Pete, another first-round pick. And then Eric McCoy, their center, is a second-round pick. And then even their left tackle, Taron Armstead, is a third-round pick. So all the entire offensive line is top three-round picks. What does uh, PFF have to say about that? Yeah, this is the one of the best offensive u- line units in the entire league. They have them ranked second. They were uh, they finished fifth last year, but uh, PFF really likes Cesar Ruiz as uh, their first-round rookie that they drafted this season. He'll probably slot in at one of the guard spots, and he was pretty widely considered the best interior lineman in this draft, so they really like that addition there. I know a lot of people were... Uh, they were a little concerned who was going to replace uh, the guard position there. So that was a nice pick on their end. And I think it's a nice upgrade for him. And he has all the makings of being a pro bowl guard moving forward for years to come. So I like that move. And this is a unit and you can't even say, Oh, they struggle in pass protection more than run production. I mean, they're top five in every single category, no matter how you slice it. So this is a dominating offensive line. Yeah, I mean, the Saints didn't have many draft picks this year. Uh, They took a guard, they took a linebacker, they took a tight end, and they took a backup quarterback. So um, they definitely, three of those guys are probably going to make a little bit of impact. Cesar Ruiz is probably going to be the top one out of those those three. Uh, Moving on to their wide receivers, Michael Thomas. I mean, he's arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league. He broke the record last year for receptions in a season. He's just a target monster. Um, He catches everything that's thrown his way. He's... He does it all. I mean, he's just, uh, I mean, Drew Brees also helps that out. Drew Brees is a very accurate passer, 70% last year, I believe it was. Um, But Michael Thomas, I mean, he is, even with Teddy Bridgewater, Michael Thomas was putting in work, and he... uh, and Bridgewater in the five games he helped him he helped helped keep that pace alive. I mean, a quarterback comes in and, and you're on pace for breaking a record. Um, backup quarterback comes in, most likely that record's not gonna be broken. Bridgewater kept it along and that's because Michael Thomas is just Michael Thomas. They they brought in Emmanuel Sanders and this might be the best one two punch that Drew Brees has ever had in his entire career for wide receivers. Um, I know he's had Marquise Colston before, he's had Joe Horn before, but this might be the top one-two punch he's ever had. So uh, beyond that, Traquan Smith, he's been kind of a, kind of a, I don't want to say bust. I mean, he's a third-round pick, but he's he's been kind of a disappointment. Deontay Harris is another guy. He does return kicks and punts, so he might be a little valuable, especially in this offense that they they don't throw as much anymore, like you said, Doc. But they uh, when they do throw the ball, they usually do spread it out. They got a couple tight ends we're going to talk about too, so I don't know where Harris is going to fit in. But if you have a um, if you have a special team slot that you could just slot him in there, Deontay Harris might be a good way to go because he does return kicks and punts, and he's catching balls from one of the most accurate passers in in quarterback history. So with Michael Thomas, I've heard a few people say they think he can repeat or be better than his record-breaking season. And I just can't get behind that. So I'll start with that. I'll start with the hating piece of Michael Thomas. And the reason for that is you mentioned Emmanuel Sanders, and they do run pretty similar routes. Michael Thomas is the best route runner in the entire league. 
but he's more of a he runs those uh i'll say short to intermediate more intermediate routes he runs he's not that he's not a default threat because he has all the ability in the world to run those routes but that's not where his game is that's not where the how the saints run their offense so i think that him and emmanuel sanders will be fighting for targets this season and of course michael thomas is probably going to have over 150 this year but i expect it to come down a little bit at least he had 186 targets last year that's insanity and then when you look at his target share even more insane it was obviously number one in the league but he had a 33.2 percent target share I mean that's extremely high and when you look back at it I mean who was he fighting with for targets last year I mean they didn't really have a strong second wide receiver and that's one of the reasons I think Traquan Smith has been so disappointing not really because of his draft capital but because this is the Saints offense and wide receivers perform well in this offense and he's had an opportunity to be the number two guy, and he just he hasn't done anything with it. That's the whole reason that they had to bring Emmanuel Sanders in. So Michael Thomas is still my number one wide receiver. I just don't think he's going to be quite as dominant as people think uh, in year two. I mean, I, I just I don't see him getting 186 targets again. Some of those shorter intermediate routes are going to go to Emmanuel Sanders because Emmanuel Sanders is a good wide receiver in his in uh, in regards to that as well. So uh, Michael Thomas obviously is the number one wide receiver off the board. Emmanuel Sanders value though, I would argue that he offers the best value of any wide receiver in the entire draft, which seems insane to say, but he's got a historic QB, one of the best offensive lines. He's a second wide receiver in a scheme that's been very friendly to fantasy wide receivers in the past. He's going as the 50th wide receiver off the board. I mean, that's crazy to me that you can get him as your fourth or fifth wide receiver on your roster. I just I think that he's a wide receiver, too. When he was with Peyton Manning in Denver, which is probably the best comparison you really can bring here, he was a, a top 10 guy. He had a, a top 11 finish, and then he finished 23rd and 15th. So he had a few really successful seasons in Denver. So this is another high-volume guy in PPR leagues, and I really I love Emmanuel Sanders' value right now. All right, good analysis of their wide receiver room. Moving on to the tight ends. They got Jared Cook, who is he's been pretty solid his whole career, going back to Oakland. Um, Drew Brees, he does. I don't want to say he loves his tight ends, but he's had some success in the past with Jimmy Graham and then Jared Cook. Uh, they drafted Adam Troutman in the third round. You brought him up when we talked about the Patriots, and uh, now it's time to bring him up again. Troutman is listed as their third, but I'm just gonna skip. I'm just gonna put him right in there as their second. It's it's Jared Cook and Adam Troutman. If they run two tight end sets, it's gonna be those two. Um, with all this offensive firepower that they have, I don't know how much Adam Troutman's gonna see the field. They got Kamara. They could run two. They could run two running back sets with Kamara and Murray. They could run Taysom Hill out there on some trick plays. They got Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. So while Troutman is probably the number one tight end to come out of this draft. They still have Jared Cook there. I don't know what his 2020 value is, but he's definitely a guy to look for in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, what do you think about the tight ends here? Yeah, and I've mentioned quite a few times that I think this tight end class is very, very deep. I mean, I, I think more than any other season I can remember in my almost 20 years or whatever it's been of playing fantasy football now. So I, I think that this is a very deep tight end class. And Jared Cook is 
maybe because of his age. I mean, he's 33 right now. He's kind of the forgotten man right now, but he was super productive last year. He was ninth in points per game, and he was one of the more consistent tight ends in the entire league. And Drew, you mentioned it. Drew Brees has had a propensity to target those tight ends more than other quarterbacks so yeah I mean I like Jared Cook it's just it comes a point if you're on if you're on draft day and he's going in the seventh or eighth round and I've seen him go in that spot I'm just waiting at that point and grabbing Fant or Gusecki later on but I uh you can't deny his production I mean he's going to be productive he'll probably be a top 12 option and if you can grab him at a value that's outside the top 12 I really like it as of right now, his ADP is as the tenth tight end, so right about where he finished last season. So I like Jared Cook. It just depends on where you can grab him in your draft, because part of drafting is just knowing the position overall and knowing uh, you know running back is more scarce than wide receiver tight end. So you got to place a premium on that position. But Adam Troutman, I really like too. I mean, long term, he's going to be I think a top ten option in the future. Uh, kind of like. He's not athletic like a lot of tight ends, like Noah Fan or Gasecki or other young guys coming out, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. He's more of like Jason Witten. He's just a very safe, uh, a safe, sure-handed pass catcher. So this season, I mentioned already that he uh, rookie tight ends aren't overly fantasy relevant, and I wouldn't expect a guy that's playing behind Jared Cook to be overly relevant this season. But Jared Cook will most likely be gone after this year. So Adam Troutman is the definition of a good taxi stash in Dynasty Leagues. And he even chose Jason Witten's number, too. Uh, we already talked a little bit. Yeah, we already talked a little bit about the kick and punt returners. Um the place kicker though will lutz he is definitely a guy that i am targeting if i'm drafting a kicker he's as accurate as they come he plays in a dome uh atlanta plays in a dome tampa plays out outdoors in nice weather um so he is he's gonna have a lot of opportunity this offense is gonna move the ball a lot i mean will lutz might even be up there as my a top three kicker for me. Um, so I'm not going to reach on him. If I see Justin Tucker, Matt Prater, guys like that start going, I'm not just going to go and grab Will Lutz. But if I have an opportunity to get him in a spot where I'm comfortable taking a kicker, I think Lutz is my guy. Yeah, I would agree with that. Last season, he was ranked as the second highest kicker in terms of points scored behind Harrison Bucker. And he has everything that you want in a kicker. You mentioned that he plays in great weather. He has a great offense. So there's really nothing to hate. If you're drafting a kicker, he's 100% one of the ones you should be drafting. All right. The defense, I mean, we could spend a whole other half hour talking just about the IDPs and the defense as a whole. This, this is one of the better defenses on paper as well. Cameron Jordan coming off the edge. Marcus Davenport, pair of first-round picks there between Jordan and Davenport. Alex Anzalone, Kiko Alonso, Demario Davis, Zach Bond is, is is not even listed as a starter. He's he was one of my favorite linebackers coming out of uh coming out this year in the draft. Janoris Jenkins, Martian Lattimore, uh, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, I pretty much just rattled off the entire defense there, and and any one of those guys you can insert into your IDPs as a whole. This defense is very. I think it's going to be very good. The the one downside is they do play in that NFC South where there's going to be a lot of points scored. You don't really necessarily want to play this defense against Tampa. You don't want to play them against Atlanta. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple of games. You don't want to draft them and just to have them sit for those four games out of the season. But um, a lot of IDPs there. 
I know you got some notes on them. I, I'm definitely targeting them in some favorable games. I they play Tampa Week One, so I'm not drafting them because I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather find a uh, a streamable defense for the first week. But if if somebody drops them or if they're available and I see a string of games coming up, I'm definitely putting my hands on this defense here as a whole and those IDPs that I mentioned. It's kind of a switch from what we know the Saints as. I mean, I remember when they were at their peak and Drew Brees was throwing for 5,000 yards. This defense was horrendous. And it was hard for them to really make and take that next step forward in terms of winning multiple Super Bowls because that defense was always terrible. But this is arguably the best defense that Drew Brees has ever had. And that's one of the reasons that I really like them this season. And that's the difference. And as much as you can have that dominant offense, you need to have a strong defense. It just can't be terrible. You don't win Super Bowls with a horrendous defense. They at least have to be average with a, uh, a dominant offense. But in terms of IDPs, you mentioned there's a ton of relevance here. I'll mention kind of the big names here, but Cameron Jordan was fifth last season among defensive linemen, 15 and a half sacks last year. He's one of my favorite D linemen to draft because he very consistently is going outside the top 10 in every IDP league I'm in in terms of defensive linemen being drafted. So he's just one of those names. I don't know if it's because he's on the Saints or he just doesn't have that name recognition of a guy like Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, but this is a guy that can get you that kind of production many, many rounds later. So I always like the value of Cam Jordan. Same thing with Demario Davis. Uh, last season, he was very effective. He uh, was 12th in terms of scoring for linebackers with 111 tackles, gets you a few sacks, forced some fumbles. So I really like Demario Davis. He's a guy that several times I've seen him fall outside the top 20 being drafted as a linebacker. And he was a linebacker one last season pretty consistently. So I like him in that spot. Malcolm Jenkins, same thing in the secondary. He had 81 tackles last year. Gets you a few sacks from uh, the DB spot as well. Was 15th in terms of DB scoring last year. So I like him. And uh, those would probably be the three guys that I would highlight. Kiko Alonso's listed as our middle linebacker right now. But looks like he's going to start on the pup list. We've seen some good seasons from him. Zach Bond. I'm in some IDP dynasty leagues where we play a full defense and you have a ton of bench players. So Zach Bond's the kind of guy, if you're in an IDP dynasty, you could consider stashing him in a uh, taxi squad if that's the kind of league you're in. But besides that, I'd highlight uh, Demario Davis, Malcolm Jenkins, and Cam Jordan as the top three here. All right. So uh, final thoughts on the Saints. I think we're I think we're both in the same boat. I got the Saints uh, winning the division. It's tough. I think it's going to be a little tougher. Obviously, Tom Brady comes to town. He's no pushover. But um, I got the Saints probably going about thirteen and three, fourteen and two. I actually got him going to the Super Bowl. Um, and I don't want to have any ride off into the sunset stories because I I, I think that. Uh, I think that Mahomes goes back-to-back and they win, but it would be nice to see a a Chiefs and Saints Super Bowl, and I actually wouldn't mind either of those teams winning, but Breeze to ride off into the sunset with a Super Bowl victory would be nice. Yeah, I mean, I have the Saints winning the Super Bowl for that reason, and I mean, I believe in stuff like that. I know some people think that's madness to talk about, oh, you know, the players don't play for them, but when you have a legend like this, 
the reality is players do rally around these guys. We saw it with Peyton Manning. I remember when the Ravens did it with a very suspect roster for Ray Lewis. They were rallying around him that year. So I think that the Saints have all the makings of a Super Bowl contender, too. I already mentioned their defense is very underrated. Uh, Tom Brady definitely does throw a wrench into it. And I think that they'll be fighting for the top of that division all season long. But overall, I just believe uh, they've gone through some tough times in the playoffs. And I think they get over that hump and they uh, finally bring home a Super Bowl for the second time for Breeze. Yeah, as long as they uh, don't run into Minnesota, I think they'll be okay.